This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I am your host, Lores, and today we are discussing the 2017 Safdie Brothers film, Good Time, which, as the title would imply, is... I'm not going to make that pun. That's a terrible, very easy thing to do right now. But it is quite the time at the, the cinema. Good time, I will say that. Uh, it is an impressive... Not really a, a debut, but it is a debut for the Safdie brothers within the, the mainline entertainment business. They did work on quite a few features prior to this movie coming out, but they didn't really seem to catch on the way that Good Time has. And all things considered, Good Time is quite a bit underrated. It's not a movie that is discussed as of late. But when it first came out, it really did generate a buzz to it that resulted in the Safdie brothers netting quite an impressive deal with Netflix that has roped the likes of dramatic actor Adam Sandler in of Punch Drunk Love and the Judd Apatow feature Funny People. To tell you the truth, I think Adam Sandler is very overrated when it comes to his praise of being a dramatic actor. He's not like Robin Williams. He's not a Jim Carrey, one of these guys who who has some gravitas when they're in a film that matters. Uh, But nonetheless, I am looking forward to their new feature coming out, Uncut Gems, which again will be released by Netflix later this year and starring the likes of Adam Sandler and uh, quite a few other notable folks in the the Hollywood business. Uh, I remember hearing that Jonah Hill was originally set to occupy that role, which is cool, I guess, but... I don't know. There's just something about imagining the uh, the Guido Adam Sandler walking around with a gold chain in a shitty suit, trying to make deals and break deals. There's there's just a a better luster to that than Jonah Hill, who is a poser. But we are going to be talking about Good Time today, and Good Time is a a a a real feat in cinema in that it does something that movies and entertainment today tend to deliberately avoid, which is it gives New York City a sense of character again. And when I say that, I want you to think of how New York City is today. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna go down and uh, spend some time in Manhattan or in Brooklyn, what is that gonna look like? What is that gonna be like? It's gonna be pretty boring. It's gonna be very safe. You think about the New York City of the 1970s. What films come to mind? Taxi Driver? Did the Warriors take place in New York City? Might have. I don't know. Haven't seen it. Then you get over to the 80s, and it's it's cleaned up just, just a little bit more. You know, it's it's not quite as unsafe. Movies like After Hours come to mind for that, or uh, The King of Comedy. Then you get into the 90s, and, and what is it that occupies your mind there? I know for me, it's the 1998 Roland Emmerich Godzilla film, which is, uh, you know, it's caught the ire of a number of people, unjustly so, in my opinion. What is it that people really complain about when they complain about Godzilla 98? Is it that Godzilla doesn't look like the Godzilla of Japan's uh, film series? Is it that uh, it's, a, it's a creature that, that lays some eggs in Madison Square Garden and it kind of borrows uh, the plot of Jurassic Park some? What's the problem here? I, I hear uh, a lot of people dismiss this movie. They, they don't even call it uh, Godzilla, they just call it Zilla. 
pathetic. Pathetic. You know, and when it comes to these Godzilla nerds, you know, can you really trust their opinions on things? They've committed their lives to 35 plus of the same exact movie every single time. Godzilla 98, it's a, it's a, it's a real overlooked gem. I will say that, uh, you know, but I am biased to a degree. When it comes to these Godzilla movies, I have a very Trumpian uh, outlook of things, which is America first. Uh, so Godzilla 98, you know, you, you take a look at the the uh, cityscape of that movie, and it's not it's not clean. Okay, it's still that dirty, gritty. 1980s New York, but updated some. We're getting closer to that sterilization that comes in the arts. But, um, you take a look at it, and you can see that there is that, that uh, piss fog, that moisture in the air. It is still gross to look at. That's not somewhere you would want to be. It looks wet and hot. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, but then you get into the arts, as I was uh, just about to get to. And in the arts you start to birth a brand new New York City. And it's brought forth as a result of sex in the city. You know, you think about 2000. What do you imagine? Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, old horse. And from there, you launch into the current decade, which is the Lena Dunham Girls New York City, which is a great place to, you know, grab a fine breakfast or a, uh, uh, you know, you go see some art, ride the train after midnight, have some fun. You know, occasionally, you know, you'll get on the uh, the, the B line or the A line, whatever the fuck. I don't, look, it's been a little bit of time since I've ridden the, uh, the New York subway. I try to avoid that as much as possible. Still stinks. Still a horrible place to be. You know, you're riding that. Sometimes, and this is truly a rare occasion, maybe if you hang out around Times Square, you'll see a, a man dressed as Batman and his cape is a shower curtain. And he'll uh, likely be schizophrenic, so beware of that guy. He is dangerous. Anyhow, Good Time brings forth that New York City, which still happens to exist. The New York City of the 1980s, the 90s, it's still there. But it's not focused on. Which is uh, confusing. Uh, I, I don't understand why you would want to perpetuate this glitzy and glamorous version of New York if you're a filmmaker, because there's so there's so much texture to all that nastiness that is, again, still very much so present. It is quite the unlikable city, I will say that. But it's it's overlooked, and Good Time resurrects that. And for that, I I, I give my heart. To those safety brothers and I hope they stick with it I hope they don't cleanse a thing in their in their features I found some hair dye in your bathroom you dyed your hair <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weirdo this is probably Robert Pattinson's best role to date he plays a real skeevy fellow and, uh, you know, you, you take a look at him. He's kind of dressed like me currently. He's got a bit of a bowl cut, some terrible facial hair, uh, blonde highlights. You know, he's a, he's a real New Yorker in that sense. And, uh, you know, he has had quite the, the uptick in his performances as of late. I will say that. You think about Robert Pattinson's career. Yeah, Twilight will come to mind. 
There's no avoiding that. But he should not be defined by taking that role of Edward Cullen 15 years ago. And Good Time is perhaps the start of something new for him. I know that he has had his name in the mix for the upcoming Batman film, and I would have to say that it almost has to be entirely because of this movie. Yes, he was acting in David Cronenberg films that nobody really cared about. Uh, you know, he was in that movie, uh, not The Road, but what was it? The uh, the Caravan, I don't know, something with Guy Pierce, where it's basically John Wick. Anyhow, Robert Pattinson knocks it out of the park in this film. But he's, he, you know, he look, he's great, but he's not the best part of this movie. The best part of this movie is Buddy Duress. And Buddy Duress plays the character of Ray in this film, who has his face mashed up. And uh, you, you get introduced to him in a very surprising turn of events for the film, especially since the entire marketing campaign was based around the two brother characters of this movie, which happened to be Robert Pattinson and one of the directors, Benny Safdie. But you get introduced to Ray, and he's kind of like the old Yankee swap. I think that's the Christmas time term, right? I don't know. I never did one of those. I just kept my shit and walked away. Uh, but he, he, Ray is really the the strongest character, and Duress offers the best performance of the movie uh, as a whole. So I'm at the arcade with Trevor now. You know, we're doing our thing, hustling acid, and, uh, you know, we take over this place like it's our fucking office. But once in a while, someone will show up and we'll make a sale, you know? Make a sale here, make a sale there. 20, you know? Take that shit and get high, baby boy. It's a little stronger than last time. But then one of Trevor's friends, this clown Donnie, walks in. And he's all fucked up, and he's talking about how he just robbed some radio shack down the street. At this point, the acid's kicking in for me, so, like, I can't, I can't follow this shit. And Buddy Duress, if you know nothing about him, he's one of these guys that the Safdie brothers picked up from the movie Heaven Knows What, which everybody in that film looks like they were just sprung from the methadone clinic, and I say that as a compliment for the record. So Buddy Duress hangs around them long enough. I, who knows what he's getting up to from the sounds of it from many interviews. He's kind of a recluse. You know, he's cleaned himself up, but maybe not entirely. But he's he's got that vintage New York flair to him that does the, the setting of the movie very well and adds to that authenticity. Because, you know, look, Robert Pattinson, great actor, but he is an actor. And you don't forget that for a moment. Buddy Duress seems like a guy that you would just see walking down the street, probably talking a, a bit too loudly into his cell phone, and you would assume that he's made a couple of drug deals this week. Compare this movie to something like The Likes of Gotti, directed by Entourage's Kevin Connolly. Now, Gotti had a real opportunity to bring back that vintage New York City of the 80s, of the 70s, of the 90s, because the thing that we mostly associate with that New York City in cinema happens to be organized crime. You think about Goodfellas. You think about uh, Goodfellas. And Gotti obviously was going to take place in that, that tri-state area of uh, New Jersey, New York, etc. And uh, they dropped the ball in a number of ways. But that movie, I'll tell you what right now, that movie 
got unjustly criticized, much like Godzilla '98, and people will think I'm I'm uh, you know you're playing this up for goofs and gags right now, but goofs and gags are not uh, my my specialty. I assure you that uh, they're not something I'm particularly a fan of. Gotti seems to have struck a nerve with critics in that it was made out to be the worst movie of 2018, right? You think about Gotti, you think about a big failure. And the fact that, you know, the social media team was like, oh, who are you gonna trust? You're gonna trust yourself or a troll behind the keyboard? You know, that, that, that was not maybe the best or smartest approach when it came to handling that negative criticism. But, the movie's not that bad. Look, it's pretty bad. It's, uh, you know, it, it's not, it's not fantastic. It's got Pitbull on the soundtrack, and that's not really a, a good person to go to, to, you know, score your film. But about 40 minutes into that movie, I'm watching the film, and I start to notice that John Travolta is oozing, and he's oozing pure masculinity. And I think that's really what the main problem of Gaudi was. I think... I think they had a problem with John Travolta being a bit of a man, being a man's man, being a guy who'll never hesitate to put a bullet in a guy's skull. These kinds of movies are not really looked at with adoration anymore. They're movies that uh, really aren't in fashion, aren't in style. And nobody's making mafia films as of late. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that, uh, you know, every film critic shares the same brain as Chris Stuckman. Could be that. Who knows? But this Good Time movie, I can't recommend it enough. It's really one of the best movies to have come out this decade. And uh, for so many distinct features about it, it can't, be, it can't be missed. You should sit down and make an effort to watch Good Time, preferably in the theater. Most films you want to see in the theater. Something like Avengers Endgame, you know, you could watch that on like a Motorola cell phone. It doesn't make a difference. Good Time is something that deserves to be seen on the big screen, on the silver screen. Uh, why, why was it always called the silver screen? You would think that they would just go to the, go to the gold screen back in the... I don't know. Who gives a shit? I don't, I'm not even fucking thinking as I talk right now. That It's four in the morning. You're gonna watch Good Time or you're not gonna watch Good Time. Why am I putting effort into this? This is... This is uh, look, the, the movie has has reached its peak in terms of success. It's not gonna... It's not gonna blow up anytime soon. It's been out for two years. People are either ignoring it or they don't care about it as much currently. And, uh, you know, what? Is me saying this going to make a difference to 30-some-odd people, if I'm lucky? But go watch Good Time. It's a great film. Uh, watch Gotti, too, while you're at it. You know what they got? They got Gotti up at the Red Box. It's $3.99. I was thinking about doing a, a double feature of that and uh, Speed Kills. John Travolta's got this weird trilogy that seems to be happening where he delves specifically into true crime. He'll play a, a real figure in uh, this, this world's history, this world's timeline. And in Speed Kills, he plays some dude who owns a motorboat and I guess he's smuggling drugs. He's doing something bad. He's doing something you shouldn't be doing. And Matthew Modine is in this film as George H.W. Bush, the late George 
H.W. Bush, uh, you know, who, who was up to all kinds of naughty, nasty things, if you ever look into the Franklin cover-up. It's uh, very dark, very grim. I don't think they get into that. Maybe that's what Speed Kills is about. Could also be the ending of the Speed trilogy. They didn't really continue that after Speed 2 Cruise Control. You know, why not? What, what are you going to bring back Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves or Jason Patrick? No. Anyway, this has been Movies, the live-action podcast about the act of cinema. Thank you for tuning in. I've been Lores, and until next time, this has been Yardy Notes Movies. What is the ideal snack of this film? You would have to think to yourself, it's got to be a bag of popcorn. Now, if you're like me, you have a poor metabolism, and you can only eat so many uh, 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 dirty snacks when you sit down and watch a movie. So I would recommend for good time the, uh, the, the Smart Food White Cheddar Popcorn. Now, this is the kind of snack that your mom would have when she was on her diet. But trust me, you have a few of these, and uh, it's not so bad. Everybody get in here, we got a meeting. Let's move it, fellas, we got a meeting today. Come on, Kenny, we got a meeting. People hate what we're doing. They think we're spying on them. 
They think we're trying to turn people against each other? Profits have gone down 12% since 2017, so things are dire. It's not okay. It's not okay. I'm losing money by the second here. These sunglasses? You think I could just afford to show up to work in sunglasses and a suede jacket? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Listen, I want some ideas. I want some solutions on how we're going to better this platform. And if I don't hear something good, I'm going to fire somebody right now on the spot. Cal. New layout. Sell more data. We give everyone badges. We could shut off direct messaging after 9 o'clock. Less likes. Stronger police presence. Color pictures. Um, we have a whole bunch of dudes out of nowhere flash mobbing. Less anonymous accounts. A function that quotes quotes. What are you, a pea brain? Take away the bots. Hard-boiled egg. Hard-boiled egg. Hard-boiled eggs. Wait. Get out. But I don't say another word. Get the fuck out. This is really awful, fellas. This is really fucking bad. I don't. I, I don't think you understand. We're all out of the job unless we come up with an idea on the spot, which means I'm gonna fire each one of you until we get that idea. Feminist heroine like Roxanne Gay and Natalia Bekshiva. Are you reading off that script right now? <laughs> oh my god. Come on. <laughs> is it me or is it really hot here? I'm about to teach you how to make a quick buck easy and pain free. <laughs>